So what I'd like to talk about today is something called age regression. Now, there's two types of age regression. There's one that is what we would refer to in today's modern day of medicine as something that occurs in uh, therapy or something that occurs when someone experiences stress or trauma and they kind of revert back to a certain age, you know, X amount of years prior to an age in which they were the most comfortable in their lives. But I'm not going to be talking about that today. What I'm going to be talking about is a different type of age regression, something that if proven to be true in time, would be something that would be far more advanced than the current age regression methods that we have in today's day and age. So first off, imagine being taken from your bed, abducted in the the middle of the night, and transported to a facility where you're forced to sign a contract for employment that takes you off planet. Then imagine that after 20 years of a rigid and sometimes extremely unpleasant tour of duty, you are age regressed and time traveled back into your bed just moments after your original abduction. And so you wake up and you feel, you feel nauseated, you feel, you feel confused, you have foggy memories of, of the night before, and you sort of brush off your confusion and your feeling that something isn't right, and you kind of just continue on with your daily life as usual until the memories start to slowly reemerge. And so what I'm going to be talking about here is sort of a time travel age regression sort of concept that sort of sounds like a, a science fiction movie, but it's actually the testimony of people we're hearing uh, from several different whistleblowers, if you want to call them, who have come forward as secret space program or SSP whistleblowers. So the the notions of of time travel and of being physically age regressed, sort of old man becomes boy again kind of style, are kind of considered to be purely science fiction. I mean, they've put it in the movies and it's, you know, like through things, the Chronicles of Narnia, it's it's really been something that's mainly in books and movies and all outlets of fiction-based media. But the question then becomes, what if it's true? So we do know for a fact that there is something called the SSP, as I just mentioned, the Secret Space Program. Now, according to a growing number of indicators, NASA is merely a public front for the American space program, designed, among other things, to roll out advancements in technology at a very, very slow pace to keep the public unaware of the advanced technologies that are secretly being used behind the scenes. And again, this kind of just reinforces my theory of there being a top-down uh, top sort of trickle-down trickle pyramid scheme, if you want to call it. Not so much a scheme, but pyramid concept where the SSP, or the Secret Space Program, has technology that's anywhere from 50 to 500 years ahead of what the general public scientists and private sector scientists think is possible. And that is where, at the very, very top of the need-to-know classified programs, they slowly but surely filter down the smallest bits of advancement in technology to sort of get people ready within their subconscious to be prepared for something that may come soon, something that may come much later, but something that kind of just shows, you know, we're moving along slowly, 
And in the grand scheme of things to the public, it seems like fantastic advancements when in reality, behind the scenes, something much larger is at play. So initially described as an American black budget program that had acquired reverse engineered extraterrestrial technology, there are more recent revelations that the secret space program or the SSP is in fact sort of international, if you will, and it's not just the Americans doing this. And even more spectacularly, the SSP has become a generalized term used to refer to dozens of organizations that have incorporated a diverse array of advanced alien technologies. And these various operations interact with human breakaway civilizations that completely exist off-planet, as well as numerous alien species that some of us are working with and some of us don't get along with, you know, so diplomatically, but, you know. That's, that's the case with, with anything. So the deeper one looks into the research and witness testimonies, the more complicated it gets. So the 20 and back program, so 20 and back it's called, as it's been described by multiple SSP whistleblowers, is just one small part of a complex interstellar reality that is literally galactic in its depth and in its size. So one such whistleblower is a gentleman by the name of Corey Good. And Corey Good describes his experience of being age and time regressed as part of the 20 and back program of the SSP, Secret Space Program. Now, according to Good, the 20 and back program tour of duty has been forced upon thousands of people, including civilians like himself, as well as many others within the military. And the initial abduction involves the individual being abducted from their beds, taken to a facility and more or less forced to volunteer into the program. And so promises are made that upon completion of this space tour or tour of duty, you, you get six-figure incomes, a boatload of money, scholarships, free college, what have you. But these promises are not kept since conveniently enough, at the end of this 20-year tour, the individual's memories wiped using what's called blank slate technology. And Blank slate technology is designed to wipe the memory of the abduction, the 20-year the tour, all the promises and everything else from the individual minds, the whole thing. And so what happens after that is that screen memories are then implanted to cover the few minutes that overlap the abduction and reinsertion time points. Now, before going on, I just want to state that when it comes to screen memories and blank slating, it seems as though it's been something that Bob Lazar has been through. And I'm not saying he was part of the SSP because he claims that he wasn't. It's very possible he, I mean, he very well could have been. And the whole point of it is that he doesn't remember, of course, but he was given something. He admits he can't recall, but he was given something to fog his memory and cause him lots of migraines. I mean, I'm sure the end game was to have him forget everything he worked on. But ultimately, I guess at the time, just like with anything, it wasn't perfect. Or maybe he forgot a lot of the things that were extremely significant and only remembered the things that were not as significant that couldn't be proven. But anyways, that's, that's Bob Lazar. You can, you can go look him up. Great, uh, great guy. So for many others, after 20 more years pass from the time they complete their duty, memories start to emerge. And this was the case with Randy Kramer, and Michael Relf, who were two other 20 and back whistleblowers who both have come forward. And both Kramer and Relf were in the military, didn't know each other, by the way, 
and started to regain their true memories after 20 years had passed from their return dates. They also received extensive therapy and mind control and clearing to help them sort of regain their memories once they were dismissed of duty in this particular tour of phenomenon, if you want to call it. And so a gentleman by the name of Dr. Michael Sala, who's a doctor, obviously, who's a pioneer in the development of exopolitics, which is the political study of the key factors, institutions, and processes associated with ET life, has closely cross-referenced the claims of Good, Ralph, and Kramer and found very little, almost none, no cross-contamination, meaning they did not come in contact with one another in their past. There's no evidence to suggest otherwise. To the contrary, they seem to be extremely separated in both the time frames in which they did things in the past and th that they've described, and they did not know each other. So, although involved in very different aspects and serving different functions within the secret space program, the details described in the claims of these three men seem to support each other's stories. And so, the question then becomes from there, we can keep talking and talking, but the question then becomes, how does age regression actually happen? So according to Dr. Sala, Good, Kramer, and Ralph's description of the age regression process contains many of the same de details and seem to be consistent with one another. And so Corey Good has given a fairly detailed description of the age regression process as he remembers it. So first at the end of his tour, he's brought to something called the LOC, or LOC, which is the Lunar Operations Command, a base that is generally unknown to the public at large, but in fact claims to exist on the dark side of the moon. And he's made to sign non-disclosure agreements and promised he will be taken care of. Promises that are broken, as obviously I just you know spoke of, but nonetheless he's still talking about it. And he's then put through a variety of medical tests and extensively debriefed by the people at Locke. And according to Dr. Sala, these procedures at the Locke, including the broken promises, are consistent in both Kramer's stories and Mr. Ralph's stories too. Next, Good describes being laid on what seemed to be a normal hospital bed and administered drugs while sort of foam-like braces were placed around him and also strapped to his body. And he's told he's being put into a coma for two weeks and that it is important that he doesn't move. And he's aware that more pharmaceuticals are given to him and ultimately he loses consciousness. And so when he's awake, when he wakes up, he's actually 20 years younger and is no longer in the same environment. In fact, he's fairly certain that he's been time regressed, not just age regressed, but time regressed while asleep. And he exists once again by the staff that exists in that time, which is 20 years earlier, only to be given, so, to be, sorry, to be given something that puts him to sleep once more. And so the next time he awakes, he's in bed in his home, moments after his original abduction. He feels groggy and confused, and he doesn't remember any of the events of his abduction or his tour, or his reinsertion. And so a few weeks later, what happens is he claims that memories started to reemerge that conflicted with the implanted blank slating and screen memories, if you will. And so, for instance, Corey describes that he has a memory walking into his house, 
through the front door and getting into bed, but he also has a memory of walking through a portal directly into his room and then getting into bed. So, amazingly, it's probably the portal that may in fact be the legitimate memory and the walking through the front door that is the fake one. And so, as it turns out, it may not be as far-fetched as it sounds. I mean, there's definitely a base on the moon, guaranteed. And it's something that, I mean, just look at the original, uh, the, the post-lunar landing press conference with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and, and those gentlemen there. It's like they saw something creepy. So it seems as though that we're not the only ones on the dark side of the moon, but that's for another episode. Anyways, the so even though the stories of Good, Kramer, and Ralph all support one another and coincide with one another, there is no hard evidence per se. However, a fourth whistleblower by the name of William Tompkins has emerged who has provided documentation to support his claims of participation in a variety of U.S. Navy and aerospace corporate projects related to the Secret Space Program, or the SSP. And the documents are provided in his book, uh, which is called Selected by Extraterrestrials. But he's also privately disclosed to Dr. Sala that these corporations were involved in age regression technology. And so he disclosed to Dr. Sala privately that while working at TRW, which is a, a massive conglomerate corporation, from 1967 to 1971, TRW began to develop age regression technology acquired from extraterrestrial sources in correspondence with the United States federal government, but in, in within the black budget, though. Now, according to Tompkins, TRW is currently involved with building carriers and battle groups that are used by the secret space program, and TRW was taken over by Northrop Grumman in 2002, who, according to their webpage, bring world-class capabilities in system design and air vehicle design and develop technologies for applications from underseas to outer space and cyberspace. And so in 2013, which was not long ago, about seven years back, Northrop Grumman was awarded a government contract for biodefense response capability. And handling biodefense would require the knowledge of biological systems, and necessitate biological research. And so, the field of biological research is the specialty of the Salk Institute, S-A-L-K or Salk if you want to call it, which is another heavyweight in emerging technology corporations. And so, in December of 2016, Salk announced it has successfully age-regressed a live mouse as well as human cells in vitro. You can look this up. This is all, this part of, of the episode here is completely fact-based and, uh, and, and studied on. And so, a study author by the name of Alejandro Ocampo states that, in theory, reprogramming epigenetics should work on mice and people at any age, doesn't matter what age they are, adding that even cells from human centenarians could eventually be rejuvenated. And so he and senior study author Belmont say they think they can improve the efficiency and results of the technique with more research, and they can undo the epigenetic changes responsible for aging by using easier-to-handle chemicals, hopefully moving forward, or moving toward, rather, the possibility of treatment for people. 
And this would then branch off into the advancement of pharmaceuticals and different medicines and what have you, sort of like what the SSP whistleblowers experience. Now, whether or not this is completely factual or isn't at all, it's one of two things. Either it's as crazy as it sounds or it's so real that it seems crazy to the public, but because it sounds so crazy to the public, even if these whistleblowers come out, as long as they don't have any particular proof, even docu documentation other than, that, other than that, gentlemen, it could easily be a form of, of, a, of psychological warfare, a, a psyop of, of, of instances, if you will. And so ultimately, I think it's up for us to decide. Now, the question then becomes, has age regression and time regression moved that far along? Is that even possible? I mean, there seems to be a sort of tie-in between things like the Philadelphia experiment that I've done an episode on previously and the Montauk project and Project Pegasus. And there seems to be some sort of linear kind of how would I explain it? A linear type of focus towards not just time travel, but age regression. I mean, we're talking space-time, we're talking pharmaceuticals with age regression, we're talking many different things that science could eventually prove to us to be true, but seems to be all working in conjunction, or at least in loose correspondence with one another. And so, I'd like to end this episode off with one last thing because I think this is probably the most damning part of it, which is that Stephen Hawking, at least on his end, has declared time travel impossible, reinforcing the idea to the masses that time travel is nothing but fantasy. Again, there's a, a whole thing behind that, that because of a man of his intelligence and his mathematical and scientific breakthroughs, it's very possible he was told to say that, sort of like how there's a theory that Elon Musk is told to never speak of of going to the moon, which is why he's so focused on Mars, if you want to if you want to get into that. But the big thing here is that in 2012, Cornell University scientists claimed to have stopped time for a fraction of a second, in essence, creating a situation where it would appear that an event never even took place. And so in 2014, going off of this, the 2012 uh, experiment, Physicists at the University of Queensland in Australia conducted a study using closed time loops that enabled single particles of light, so photons, to pass through a wormhole and interact with their older selves. So perhaps if that sort of 50 to 100 to 500 years ahead estimation is true with technological advancements that the Black Budget Project is working on, time travel may not be so unreachable after all. Again, I'm here to kind of bring everything into a... I'm here to sort of package everything together. And it's up to you guys to decide whether or not you think this is true or not. You can look up the documentation for yourself of what of the fourth whistleblower. Aside from that, it comes down to one thing. Do you want to Are you going to believe this because you want to? Or do you think that it's actually plausible that through the advancement of science, age regression may in fact be possible? Because there's so many things that go right under our noses that we are not aware of. And so ultimately, it seems like we're living in a world where science fiction is, is rapidly becoming reality. And so things that we thought were science fiction even 30, 40 years ago, 
are now things that we use in our everyday lives, like touch screens and and things like that. And so it it comes down to one thing. How is it or why is it that all of a sudden throughout human evolution, technology was so slow in, in, in advancing that all of a sudden in the last 50, just in the last 50, 60 years, it suddenly picked up the pace. I mean, you can attribute that to human intellectual, of course, absolutely. But at the end of the day, what got that started? What kickstarted that? Did someone just wake up in the morning and say, oh, did it, you know. So at the end of the day, I'm not trying to argue with, with human history. I'm just saying that it's very possible that my theory of a sort of pyramid-like trickle-down scheme, if you will, or proposal was that technology, of technology sort of leaking down in the, the smallest bits into the public just to show that there's a, an advancement of sorts could in fact be the premise of which we're living within today from a technological sense. And that companies like Tesla and, and Apple and those guys are sort of let in on some things that are classified, but obviously not all things. So at the end of the day, let me know what you guys think, and we will catch you next time. Thank you.